So how many of you like gifts? Anyone like gifts? Okay, good. So you like gifts, right? Okay, so there's different kinds of gift openers. Have you noticed that at Christmas? There are some people that just tear into gifts, right? My my kids are like that. They're just like, and even before Christmas, if, if we let them, yeah, all that. There's other people that are like the very careful gift openers. You know anyone like that? Pull the little tape off and lift it up, and, and a half hour later we have two other folds open. And um, my grandmother was like that because she was trying to to save the paper. And so, how many of you are tear it open people? Okay, a lot of people. Any any um, careful open people? <laughs> that want to admit? Yeah, I sort of. But no, I love my grandma. It was great. <laughs> So we have some careful open people. How many people just like to leave the gift there for six months? No one? I guess what if it's food or something? That would be bad. Or what if it's a little puppy? If I ever get a puppy, it's staying there for six months. No, we don't do that to gifts, right? We open them because that's what they're there for. We unwrap them. We enjoy them. Well, this morning we come and we're continuing our talk through spiritual gifts. And these, I get excited about this topic because it's gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to every believer so that we can unwrap, so that we can tear it open and enjoy them and use them for the benefit of the body, for the glory of God. So today, we're finishing up a discussion last week on 1 Corinthians 12. The next week, we'll do chapter 13. The two weeks after that, chapter 14. But we want to get excited about what the Holy Spirit's doing here at Village. What He's doing in our lives. What He has equipped us to do as a church. And so this is worth spending some time on. Paul spends some time on it with the church at Corinth. Our title for this series is Godly Living in an Ungodly World. And you may think, well, what does spiritual gifts have to do with godly living in an ungodly world? And and we're reminded every day that we are in an ungodly world, aren't we? From from different Supreme Court arguments this week to different things happening. But one of the ways that the Holy Spirit has equipped His church to stand in an ungodly world is through these gifts. Through ministry to each other. Through caring for each other. Through doing His work. So this is vital. This is an important subject not just one that we say, oh great, I'll find my gift someday and maybe serve. And, and it's not even about, oh, Pastor Ron's trying to get more of us to serve. That's not what this is about. This is about, let's act as the body of Christ and get excited together about what God is doing. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll be looking at a lot of different passages this morning as we, we pull in some other principles. My goal this morning is to really wrap up our discussion of that chapter, but bring in some other thoughts and truths about spiritual gifts that help us understand what we're talking about. We mentioned last week that a spiritual gift is a Spirit-empowered ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer and divinely apportioned, which means God chooses who gets them and, and how they're mixed in the church, to be used to minister God's grace to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. And just to review, the, we, we started on our ten truths about spiritual gifts. And last week, you're like, oh man, there's ten points this morning. Well, we only got through eight of them. We have like ten more today, so it'll be fine. But I wanted to review the, ten, the, the eight that we went over last week and then continue on with our talk of what are some of the truths about spiritual gifts. 
And this morning, as we look at a lot of different passages, this, this to me is just sort of let's talk. Let's talk as a family. Let's get excited about this together. And, and let's study what God wants to do. The eight that we talked about last week, and I want to read through those again. They're in your notes. All believers and only believers are gifted by the Holy Spirit. All of us, though, and number two, all of us, though gifted differently, form one body in the Spirit. Number three, no gifting is inferior to another. We talked about all of the gifts on campus, and God uses every one of them for His body to be healthy. Number four, no single gift is given to everyone. And number five, no one receives all the gifts. Those are sort of two sides of the same coin. Number six, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts and arranges them in the churches as He chooses. Number seven, each gifted believer is a vital, needed, and dependent on part of the body. I've thought about that a lot this week as we've talked and different questions have come in and I've thought about how so many of you are doing so many different things here. Every one of you is a vital part of this body of Christ. And that, that is an amazing thing to think about. Number eight, don't be disappointed with your gifts. Recognize them and use them orderly in the body. We looked at, at embracing the gifts God has given us and then within the structure that God has made in His church, finding a way to use them and serving Him. So we come to 9 and 10 out of our 10 truths about spiritual gifts. And really this morning is about how do we unwrap the gift of our gifts? How do we, we tear that open? And number 9 there, the, the next truth, is we need to develop the gifts God gives. Develop the gifts God gives. In Ephesians 4.12, and you're welcome to turn there or, or I'll read it as well. Ephesians 4.12 says, "...to equip the saints for the work of ministry." for building up the body of Christ. And the key word where I'm keying on there is equip. Because it says God gave some as apostles, some as evangelists, some as prophets, some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for service. And the idea of equipping is that we're developing it. We're learning about it. We're learning how to use it. If you are equipped to be a driver on our freeways, what happens? Someone teaches you how to drive on the freeways, right? We don't just stick a new driver that's never driven before and say, hey, go try the 57 at 5 o'clock. That would be silly. You could argue stupid. But no, we equip them by training them how to use it and letting, give it, letting them start out in the parking lot and, and letting them start out on surface streets. And then finally, we get to where we're ready to go on the freeway. I remember my first time getting on the 5, and it was the old Chapman on-ramp. It was a short on-ramp. It just dead end on the freeway. And I froze. My mom was in the car. She's still alive, praise God. <laughs> and I get to the top, and I don't know about merging yet, and I just freeze, and th- so I stop on the on-ramp right as we're getting on the freeway. Don't do that if you're learning how to drive. <laughs> then you're stuck. And, and I can remember the fear because that was part of the equipping process. In gifts in the church, we're to develop our gifts. We're to equip and be taught and learn how to use them. See, one of the things I sometimes hear is, well, if God has given me a spiritual gift, then I should just be perfect at it right from the start. No. God says we're to develop them. Remember Paul's instruction to Timothy when we were talking, um, when we studied through 1 Timothy? In chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, he instructs Timothy in regards to his gift, practice these things. That involves developing them. Immerse yourself in them, Paul said. 
And so if we're to use our gifts, we need to find ways to, to develop them, to learn how to use them, to find ways to practice them. Let, let me just talk about one other implication that that means for our church and something I love about Village. If we're to develop our church, or our gifts, what do we as a church need to do? Provide opportunities, right? To develop gifts. That means that we are, are providing opportunities for people to get into ministries that may be new to that ministry. That means not everything we do is going to be perfect. Some of you are, are twitching right now, especially those with administration as a gift. Like, what? No, that means we give young people a chance and say, here, try these gifts. Try and see what God is leading. That means anyone gets an opportunity, if this is gifting, to be trained and to try and to develop. It's like with delegation. You delegate, and, and oftentimes you're delegating to people that may not be as skilled as you at something because they haven't developed it. They haven't practiced it. How else are they going to do that? And so one of the things I love about Village is there's an openness to give people a chance, to give people opportunity. One of the other parts of this is if you're, if you're developing a gift and, and trying a gift, if you find that this is not my gift, this is not for me, then we give opportunities to exit ministries. It's not signing up for life and blood, but we really want to have people develop the gifts that God has given to find them and develop them. So nine, develop the gifts God gives. Ten, last truth about spiritual gift that we want to talk about. There's surely more of them, but we've chosen ten. We will give an account to the Lord for how we use our gifts. This one's a little bit of a warning at the end. We will give an account to the Lord for how we use our gifts. In 1 Peter 4.10, if you, if you want to flip there, um, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And we've talked about stewards, right? A steward is one that takes care of something that has been entrusted to them. And, and there is an implication there that a steward is to do what the master wants. And when the master gets back, he's going to ask the steward and check up, how did it go? Right? You know, Happy was just gone on vacation. And, and he had a house sitter. Someone else in this room. Um, did you guys ask how it went when you got back? Kind of. <laughs> if you had found yes, your... Sorry, yes. Yeah, thank you. If you had found your place trashed, would, would, would you have been a little upset? Yeah, <laughs> Amy more than happy. <laughs> but it wasn't because your house sitter was a good steward. In the same way, God has entrusted us these gifts. He has stewarded us with these gifts. And we will stand before Him and He will ask, how did you use them? Did you use them for the body of Christ? Did you use them for my glory? Matthew 25, the parable of talents. And we really like the one that got five talents and two talents, right? Because they got more and well done, good and faithful servant and all those good things. Do you remember the, the issue with the person that had one talent? Let me read it. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. And listen to the master's answer. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. 
He didn't say, well, that's okay, you'll do better next time. He said, you wicked and slothful servant. God wants us to use faithfully the gifts He has freely given to us. And He'll call us into account for that. That's a little sobering, isn't it? We want to be careful to use what God has given for His glory. You know, there, there's, there's, there's some, some nuances to this. There are times in different stages in life where ministry will look different. There, there were things that we could do before we had three children, and Susie specifically, because part of her ministry now is discipling three, three children, two boys and a little girl. And there were things she was able to do before children that we aren't able to do now. And, and that is not using gifts, but what it means is, especially for you young moms and dads, it just looks different for, for this period of life, for this time of life. It may mean praying with someone on Sunday, smiling and, and encouraging. It may mean during a late night feeding, asking God to put someone on your heart to pray for in the church. It may be a time of not leading a ministry. I, want, I bring that up because this point isn't saying that that is sin. Because you're still finding ways to minister in the, the, the stage of life you are in. There are times, as well as we talked about last week, where members of our church body are the ones sitting on the chair because they're hurting. And that's a time for the rest of us to come alongside and minister to them. And so there, there's nuances to this, but in the, the, the broad picture of our life, God will hold us accountable for how we use our gifts, how we serve Him. Let us not commit the sin of wasting our gifts. Let's make sure we use them for Him. So that's ten truths about spiritual gifts. The overall concept is God has given gifts to His church. They're different in one body so that we can accomplish His purpose. We need every member. If you have a pen in your hand, I just want to do, do one other illustration to show us this and to, to drive this home. We're not going to do the chair this week. I, I noticed that um, Joshua isn't here this week, so hopefully he's okay. Um, we, we didn't harm him. For someone ladies' retreat, you can ask what we did. But if you have a pen, grab a pen, okay? And I want you to hold it in, in whatever hand you write with, but you're not allowed to use your thumb, okay? And I want you to write your name on your piece of paper, but you're not allowed to use your thumb. Yeah, not even to study the pen. I see some of you cheating. <laughs> Easy? No, it's hard. Why is it hard? <laughs> yeah, some of you, it's no problem, right? Is it messier than normal? Yes. What? A little. A little? Okay, so some of you, you're just fine without your thumb. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut it off later. <laughs> uh, no. But for most of us, I can't even barely hold the pen doing that or it's like this scrawling thing. It's just an example of how one task of writing your name that a thumb has nothing to do with, the thumb has everything to do with. Every member of the body is important, no matter the ministry. So that's the ten truths. I want to jump to, to some of the cautions about spiritual gifts. And these aren't necessarily out of this text. They're out of a variety of texts. And some of them are just practical wisdom of watching a church use their gifts. And there's some traps that we can get into. And we have six of them listed in your notes. The first is don't confuse gifts with natural talents. Don't confuse spiritual gifts with natural talents. Somebody might say, I'm really good at sales. 
a salesman in the room. That would be a talent, not a spiritual gift. Okay? And, and the, the difference is, and why I'm making that distinction, is sometimes we, we confuse the two and we think, oh, this talent is what God wants me to do. And, and that is very true. God wants us to use our talents for Him, but He's also given us some way that the Holy Spirit is manifest through us for the, for the body of Christ. And He wants us to find that. See, even atheists have talents. Every person has talents or, or natural abilities. Only believers have spiritual gifts. So it may be a subtle difference, but use your talents for God, but also still find your spiritual gifts and use those. Second caution about spiritual gifts, don't confuse gifts with the fruit of the Spirit. Don't confuse gifts with the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, if you want to turn there, we'll read through the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5:22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. How many believers have the Holy Spirit in them? All believers, right? So if this is the fruit of the spirit, how many believers should exhibit all nine of those things? All. See, if we confuse the two, we can say, well, I'm going to find out which, which fruit of the Spirit is my spiritual gift. Then I don't have to do the others. I'm going to be really loving, but I don't have to be joyful. I don't have to be patient. No, the fruit of the Spirit is an evidence of our maturity. Our spiritual gifts are evidences of our ministry. That's, that's an important distinction. We are all to be maturing. We are all to be drawing closer to God. We are all to be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. And those are vital. Our spiritual gifts are something different that define our ministry. Now, the way that they do relate with each other is sometimes we have a spiritual gift that we don't have the maturity to exercise yet. For instance, if someone accepts Christ this morning and says, I, I want to know Jesus Christ. We sang that He died on the cross and He, he, he died for my sins in my place and they accept Christ this morning, God might give them the gift of teaching. But do they have the maturity or the knowledge yet to teach? No, that gift would have to be developed. And so there's a difference between ministry and maturity. We're all to be striving for maturity. And then our spiritual gifts let us know where we should be ministering. We need both in our lives. Number three, the third caution, be aware of gift projection tendencies. Got that one? Be aware of gift projection tendencies. And this one you may be like, what on earth are you talking about with this one? It's the idea that we, we naturally assume that my gift should be practiced by everybody in the same way and with the same results as I practice it. It's, it's, it's just a natural way of thinking that my passions and my priorities in ministry should be your passions and your priorities in ministry. For instance, people with the gift of mercy, their natural reaction or, or their natural thought is everybody should have the gift of mercy. Now, should all show mercy? Absolutely. And we'll, we'll talk about that with the gifts. We all should, should pursue these things. But someone with the gift of mercy, their just natural bent is there. 
You have others that have naturally have the gift of prophecy or, or just confronting people with right or wrong. They have a sense of what's wrong and what's sin and, and feel a need to, to express that. And so they don't understand why everybody in the church isn't like hammering other people with right and wrong. Now, imagine you're in a Bible study and you have one person with the gift of mercy that thinks everybody should be merciful and another person with the gift of prophecy that thinks we should confront every sin that as it comes up. And we should confront sin, but in a merciful way. But I've seen that happen and the two can just go at each other because we assume that everyone else should have the gifts that we have and the passions we have and the interests that we have. People with the gift of administration think that everybody should be organized. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> people with the gift of evangelism, they'll, they'll walk on a plane in a plane flight and three people accept Christ before they land. And they're wondering why nobody else is, is seeing that much fruit. It's because that's the gift. No, should we all be practicing evangelism? Absolutely. But the Holy Spirit is going to do something extraordinarily supernatural through that person. Sort of the other side of it is we can think and we can feel guilty. Why are people not coming to Christ with me as much? I'm sharing the gospel. What am I doing wrong? And we want to be careful of that too. Because it may be an issue of gifting. And we may be planting a seed and somebody else may be gifted at watering and harvesting. Remember 1 Corinthians 12, 17, 17 through 20. If you're still there, we'll read those. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Let's not project that every part should be like me. Many parts, yet one body. Number four, and, and, and this is something that I, that I often heard and I probably taught incorrectly, but the caution here is using your gift is not always easy. Using your gift is not always easy. And, and I, I've heard that it, one of the ways to find your spiritual gifts is you find out what comes easy to you and you do that. And there's some truth to that, but not all exercising of gifts is easy. Maybe a better choice of words would be you find what comes joyfully to you. Because is ministry always easy? If you have the gift of helps, and for three nights in a row, someone has called you in the middle of the night and said, I really need you, and you, you, you are compassionate, and you go and help them. At the end of the third night, are you a little tired? Are you wore out? Absolutely. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's draining. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Teaching is not just coming on Sunday morning and saying, huh, wonder what I'm going to teach this morning. It's just going to come easy to me. No, I know you guys that teach in this church and you guys are preparing and you guys are studying and you guys are putting the work in to do, be diligent to God's Word. Using your gift is not always easy, but it's an, an issue of joy. I think of Paul, and, and, and he said a couple things in 1 Thessalonians 2.9. He's talking to the church there, and he says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. Do those sound like easy words? 
He says, no, you remember we worked hard to the, to the point of dropping with you. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. I would argue one of Paul's gifts was evangelism, proclaiming the gospel. Since we see that throughout the whole New Testament. And he said he worked day and night to be successful at that, to give opportunities for that. We get to the the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4. And he writes this, As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. And we see wording there as, as he is probably in prison at that point, facing imminent death. And we see that ministry is not always easy. He is being poured out. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Number five, caution about spiritual gifts. And we'll actually talk about this next week, but I'll just mention it. Using gifts without love is worthless. Using gifts without love is worthless. And we'll look at that at 1 Corinthians 13. It's not by accident that that one of the greatest chapters on love is in the middle of of two chapters on spiritual gifts and how to serve in the body. And so we'll, we'll explore that where Paul basically says, if you're not doing it because you love other people, then it's just worthless. Don't bother. That's next week. Number six, the last caution about spiritual gifts. Don't let your primary gifts stop you from being a servant in God's church. Don't let your primary gifts stop you from being a servant in God's church. It's a really important caution here because it's it's easy to think, well, I am going to look for my spiritual gifts and then I'll know where I'm supposed to minister. And that's the only place I'm going to minister. And so for those of you that, that happen to be picking up chairs after a potluck and putting them away, I don't have the gift of helps. Sorry. Have a nice time. Or maybe we see someone crying as we're weeping as we're coming to church and we say, oh, you know, I, I don't really have the gift of mercy. So someone else take care of them. I'm off. Now, that's a danger and that is sin because we are, are to be practicing these things still. We're to be exercising these things. So we don't want to let our primary gifts stop us from being servants in God's church. Mark 10, 43-45. Jesus is talking. But it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Everyone is to be a servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. That's the example we're called to live up to. That we're called to follow. We're called to be servants. And so, uh, my primary ministry is, is a ministry that should be in my gifting. But my secondary ministry means I serve wherever there's a need. Do you see the difference? If there's a need, being a servant says, I'm willing to fill it. If, if someone was to come in right now and say, there are 15 babies screaming their lungs out in the nursery and we have one worker. It's not true, parents. There's plenty of workers. Your kids are fine. But if someone was to come in and do that, at that point, we're the body of Christ and it's not just the people that love babies or that feel called to be in that ministry. 
It should be anyone that steps up and say, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to do that. So our primary ministry should be in our gifting. We should find a ministry in that. But our secondary ministry is anywhere there's a need in the church. I'm willing to do that because I love God. Because I'm a servant of God. Some people have the gift of giving. But that doesn't excuse the rest of us from giving. And we talked about mercy. Some people have the gift of mercy. That doesn't excuse the rest of us from showing the gift of mercy. How are we going to be servants in the body of Christ is the question. So six cautions about spiritual gifts. Again, there's so much more we could talk about, but those are are the six major ones that I wanted to mention. Because this morning, my goal is to say, let's talk about this and find ways to get in ministry. Talk about what spiritual gifts are, some of the cautions. And then the third section of your notes is, how do I figure out my gift? How do I get involved in ministry? And, and I, I get that question a lot, and my answer is, is actually pretty simple. Because the first thing I say is start serving somewhere. Start serving and try different ministries. That is the best way to, to, to figure out where you're gifted, is to start trying different things. If it doesn't work out, stop and try something else. And there's freedom to do that here. There's, there's freedom within proper, proper notice and order but there's freedom to do that. Start serving and try different ministries. See, so many times we want to analyze and, and take assessments and figure out exactly what our ministry should be and then two years later we're ready. Quite frankly, those assessments don't even work unless you've tried a number of things. Because you, you have no experience and no background to, to even answer the assessment correctly. So start trying things. Talk to leaders of ministries and say, am I a good fit here? Find out what the ministry is. I would start with something that you like. Something that interest, interests you. That may be God leading you to a certain direction. In your worship folder for most of this year, there's not one this morning, but for most of the weeks we've had ministry spotlights. And we've been spotlighting different ministries in the church. And there's more to come. And all the ones we've done are on a rack out here in the, the breezeway. That's a great place to start. Start looking at those saying, hey, that looks interesting. Hey, I might, I might want to be an usher or I might want to be a greeter. I might want to work in junior high or I might want to work in, in nursery or whatever it may be. Find something. Try it. Get started. Second thing, how do I figure out my gifts, is then study the list of gifts found in the Word. When I say start serving, I'm not saying don't study. That's why we're, we're talking about these chapters. That's why in your worship folder you have a list front and back uh, of 23. I think, I think we have different spiritual gifts that we see in these passages. Study those. Look up those verses. Read the definitions. Ask God where He wants you to serve. Because the Holy Spirit will work through you. He has given you a gift or more than one. Third way to help figure out your gift is to use an assessment, but to use it as a beginning idea sheet, not an absolute answer. I have an assessment. We have one that we use at Village, and, and I chose not to put it in the worship folder this morning, but I, I'll, I'll put it online, and if you want a, a hard copy, I can give it to you. But my, my, my caveat with it is I don't want that to be the only thing you use to find your spiritual gifts. It's simply a tool that says, why don't you start here? 
Try this out. But like I said, if you don't have experience in some of the gifts, there's no way that it, it can assess that. It's just, ours is just a, a sheet of 90 questions. Some of you looked up when I said that. No, it's, it's more than two. Um, 90 questions that you just put, do, is this a lot like me? Is this a little like me? Not like me at all? Or no way? And, and you, you put those down and, and you, you tabulate it. And actually, we, we tabulate it for you. We include maybe someone that's observed you in ministry. gives you some ideas of where to start. So it's a helpful tool as long as that's not the absolute answer. Does that make sense? Number four there, how do I figure out my gift? How do I get involved? See where there is joy, not ease, but joy and fruit. As you're ministering, if something just is so fulfilling about ministering in that area, and you see fruit, and in some ministries we don't always see fruit, it's not always visible, but it's there. But if we see that kind of fulfillment, that might be God saying, this is your gift. This is where you should be serving. Number five, this one is, is one that I think is sometimes neglected, but probably one of the most helpful. Ask others who serve with you. I was going back through some of my notes of a, a spiritual gifts class that I took um, just out of college here at Village. And one of the things that include, it was included in that is some assessments of different people in the church. People like Phil Zergis and, and John Carlson. and They, they just listed some things that they had saw in my ministry. Things that, even though I was, I was denying it at the time, things like shepherding and pastoring and teaching. And I was like, no, that's not me. But because other people that knew me saw the, the exercise of those gifts, they were able to speak wisdom into my life. Ask others who serve with you. quote I have there, it's easier to discover your gift through ministry than to discover your ministry through your gift. And what that basically says is get involved in ministry and that will help you discover your gift. Or gifts. Make sense? I would love to see if you're not involved in ministry somewhere, if you haven't looked at your spiritual gifts, I'd love to help you with that. I'd love to find a place for you to fit in. I love helping people fit in somewhere because I believe every person is vital to Village Bible Church and to our ministry here. So I'd love to talk with you about that. And we can talk through some ideas for ministry and assessments. And there's just nothing greater than getting people involved in, in um, the work of God. And one of the joys, and just, just to brag on Village for a minute, uh, one of the joys is I, I was looking through and I thought, well, just how many people do we have here that are involved in ministry? So I went through and, and yeah, just raise your hand if you're involved in some ministry at Village. We'll do that. I saw some. Look at that. When I went through the list, you can put your hands down. When I went through the list of people that attend and listed all the ministries that I knew of, and I don't even know of all the ministries that happen here, which is really cool because the Holy Spirit's just working, it was over 60% that were involved in ministry at Village. And, and, and I, I read some of the stats that say, oh, 10 to 20% is normal for a church. Good job, guys. It's one of the things I love about Village because we're a family, but we're a body of Christ being the body of Christ. And I so appreciate that as, as a co-laborer with you that I'm not laboring alone, you're not laboring alone. So thank you for your faithfulness to spiritual gifts. What are the different gifts? And 
really we get gifts out of, out of a number of different lists in the New Testament. And Pastor Andrew talked about this two weeks ago, that no one list is exhaustive. They all have different gifts. And the, the understanding there is that we don't have a comprehensive list of gifts. We don't have a list that says these are the only way the Holy Spirit's going to work in Village Bible Church. We don't know that. And so what we have in Scripture is more examples of gifts. And it's very instructive to look through the lists to see what kinds of things, what kind of ways the Holy Spirit works. But there may be more that aren't listed there. And so I list the primary passages, the 1 Corinthians passage, the Romans 12 passage, the Ephesians 4 passage, and the 1 Peter 4 passage. There's a couple of other isolated verses but these are a great start to get ideas of how the Holy Spirit might work. And, and in your worship folder, I added a second sheet just of a number of the gifts. And the first nine of those, two weeks ago, Pastor Andrew explained. Four more of them I explained last week as the, the second half of chapter 12 added four more. Then in Romans 12, we see some more. In Ephesians 4, we see some more. But I'd like to, to as we, we come to a close... Rather than reading through that list of gifts together, I'd like to read through the scriptures that they come from, the passages that they come from. And you can look for definitions in that list, and we can talk about that more. But just by way of closing, I'd like to read some of the, the lists of gifts in scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 and 27 and 28. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, Helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Romans 12, 6 through 8. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Ephesians 4.11 And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 1 Peter 4.9-11 Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, probably a broad category of gifts, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, another broad category of gifts, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I read those verses and I think, wow, pretty incredible the Holy Spirit does those things and works through His people in those ways. All glory to God for what He wants to do in His church.
I challenge you, when it comes to spiritual gifts, be one that tears the package open. And just rip it open and embrace ministry, finding what God has you here. There is nothing like it. Yeah, it's not always easy. But it's an incredible adventure to see the Holy Spirit work through you. There is nothing like it. Dear Lord God, I thank you for forgiveness of sins. Completely undeserved. We are not worthy of it, but you pursued us. You rescued us. You brought us into your family. Thank you, Lord, for that relationship, for adoptions as sons and daughters of the King. Lord, I pray for Village. I pray that as we um, seek to, to use our gifts to minister for you, that the work of your Holy Spirit would be evident here. That it would be clear that you are working, that we are finding ways to be ambassadors for you, to be entrusted stewards of the gospel. Lord, to be your people and your body. Lord, I'm excited to see what you do here. In Jesus' name.